This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody. Hope you're well. Welcome back to the Betting Weekly EPL podcast with me, Harry Simiou, and the two main men, uh, Nigel Seeley. How are you, sir? Welcome back. Good, Harry. Good. Look at you. Look at you sitting there. You rented a room for the night to try to uh, to impress the, the, the watchers, I mean, the viewers. I mean, look at this. Look at the view. Don't get ahead like a second. Can, 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 Look That's at that room. We want about. <laughs> well, look at that view. What an incredible view! It's my new so penthouse that is, that apartment. Is, <laughs> yeah, but the, you want the view the other side of the building. That's the, that's South London view. You want to go the other side where you can see the River Thames and stuff like that. That's the delightful view of uh, Brixton, Peckham, uh, that kind of area. Fantastic, lovely, brilliant, mate. Look at well, living the dream. That's it. It's my new penthouse apartment. I told you. Have you rented the, the apartment for? 45 minutes into this podcast, <laughs> someone's gonna be knocking on the door and say, Please, can you can you get out of my room, please? Yeah, no, I'm, not, like not, I'm really good. I'm, li- I'm living life really good, fantastic, great week last week. But I'm looking at you there thinking, Look at him, look at Harry. He must have bet our tips last week, Jack. That's why that's he's right, right, yeah. That's why, why I think it's coming from. Yeah, well, if I bet him the week before, I certainly Whoa, wouldn't be here. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, Jack. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, uh, I say a lot better than we were last week. So, um, yeah, moving in the right direction. You're only as good as your last result, they say. That's it. It was a very uh, good week last week. Uh, five and one on the week. Still uh, in minus at the moment, minus 5.85 units so far. But we're on the road to recovery, Nigel. Well, that's people have been saying about that for me for years. Nigel Seeley's on the road to recovery, but um, you know, at, at fifty years of age, I'm, I'm almost there. But uh, no, honestly, we had a great week last week. It was it was a fantastic call. I mean, that we put the work in, we have done the analysis, and we got the rewards. Um, felt a little bit unlucky, obviously, with Jack. One of the Jack's plays with with Fulham with Mitrovic missing the penalty. Uh, we expected goals in the in the Brighton Newcastle game. And if you watch, you actually watched the game. There was so many opportunities for yeah. the sides to, to actually score goals. We could have done a little bit better, really. But um, yeah, I feel like we're doing all right now. I think things are going to go good for the next three or four weeks. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's always difficult. You watch every podcast we're going to say and every every show you're going to see at the moment. Not only on this channel, but in every other channel. Since the first few weeks of the season, it's very, very difficult to make money. And you've got to keep the money in your pocket. Don't lose too much, and in the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months, then we really kick on to see some uh, decent returns. Absolutely, as you say, first few weeks always difficult to get a reading on teams, and people are still obviously drawing their conclusions as well about uh, a number of sides. Uh, let's move into the picks then. Um, let's not waste any time. Nigel, we'll start with you, mate. Uh, I know you've got one uh, from the fixture between Everton and Nottingham Forest. This is an interesting one. Tell us about it. 
Well, you say it's interesting one. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be absolute all fest. I think it'd be absolute rubbish to watch. Um, I think Everton. I meant the pick, not the match. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, people who followed me for years will not think this is interesting at all. I think it's Sealy doing the same thing that he's done for years and years. Sometimes we got it right, sometimes we haven't. But the bet is obviously under two and a half goals. It's to me, it screams off the page. Um, the Aston Villa Everton game last week. How that game ever cashed over two and a half goals, I will never know. It, it looked destined to be a low-scoring game. It looked, this Aston Villa scored and they struggled and then they got the goal. They had so many players injured and then they got the goal and I thought it was going to be 1-0 and then they got the second and I thought that's going to be it. And Everton scored a fluky goal at the end. But Everton, to me, offer absolutely nothing as an attacking threat. And I mean literally nothing. I don't think there's any team in the Premier League, including the teams at the, you know, at the very high up at the bottom of, of the betting to be relegated, offer more of a, at currently at the way are now, as an attacking threat than Everton. I mean, their biggest goal threat is Anthony Gordon, and he's played 37 games for Everton, and he scored four goals. Now, he's a, he's a wide man, and he's playing as a, as a, as a more or less a, a, a centre forward or a, or a number 10. Um, but, he is, he's an up to it. He's a good player, but he's playing out of position because needs be. They, they're without Ricarlison. They're without, uh, obviously, he's moved to Tottenham. They're without uh, Calvert-Lewin, who's obviously injured. And really, is he going to have the heart to play for Everton when he comes back? I doubt that very much. But they look to me so lightweight in attacking positions. I really can't see where Everton could score goals. And I think Everton go into the matches and think, let's keep it tight. Let's try to frustrate and try to get a nil-nil. The first game of the season, I played Chelsea. They had no intention at all to win that game. They knew Chelsea were the better side. They thought, if we can get a nil-nil draw, it's brilliant. And that is exactly the tactics they did at Aston Villa. Uh, they had some chances. They were quite good from set pieces, but Aston Villa were poor from defending the set pieces. But I think not in the forest would be well-drilled. So I think this is this here, to me, looks an under-two-and-a-half goal game. Minus 122 is the price with Bet Rivers. If you look at Everton from a defensive unit, the jury's out about the goalkeeper, Pickford. And he's the captain of the club. His jury's out. But he's England number one. So they're solid in the goalkeeping unit. They brought in Tarkovsky and Cody, which makes their defence a lot stronger, in my opinion. They're good quality defenders. You know, they, they don't really give you much as an attacking threat, but they make you much more solid. So I don't think they're going to see much. And with Nottingham Forest, both games this season, both have been under two and a half. They don't offer a real attacking threat as well. You know, they, they, they were good in the championship with pace and, you know, they, they, they were great hitting teams on the counter-attack. But they don't really have a, an out-and-out striker. And also with Nottingham Forest, I think they're a side that uh, will probably pay Everton a little bit too much respect because they've come into the Premier League. They think to themselves, you know, this is, this is if we can, we can win this game, brilliant. But if we can get a draw, it won't be a bad point. Because Nottingham Forest would look at it, if we can finish 16th in the Premier League, we've had a brilliant season. So I think early doors, this looks like a, both managers now in the state of the where they are, I think they'll both be happy with a, with a point. And I feel that uh, the unders here really, really does make appeal. Out of all the bets that I like this weekend, this is probably my strongest pick. Minus 122, under two and a half goals. Um, I would, I'm not going to put it up as an official bet, but I think if you want to play under one and a half goals, because I can't see more than one goal when you miss... Um, but I love the under in this game. Under two and a half goals, minus 122. Everton 
Nothing in attack, stronger in defence, not in the forest. New boys in the Premier League want to keep it really, really tight. Every point is vital at this stage of the season so they can go into the second half thinking we've got enough points where you need a certain amount to get through. And I think this will be a low-scoring game. Brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah. Let's come to you, Jack, mate. Um, the first game that you have uh, drawn to our attention is the clash between Leicester City uh, and Southampton. Talk to us about your thinking here. Well, I think we're going absolute polar opposites here, aren't we? We're going from the complete drab, dreary, and I couldn't agree with Nigel anymore, unfortunately, for the listeners and viewers. Everything he said, I totally agree with, with that game. And this one, these two sides absolutely cannot defend for their lives. They have been atrocious across their two games so far. So, so the Everton game we were then talking about, only one Everton or Nottingham Forest player scored so far this season um, because Everton's goal was an own goal against Villa, wasn't it? Here, in the between these two clubs over their first two games, 19 goals. So it's the, it's the complete opposite of what we were seeing in, in that particular game there. Um, and they've followed similar patterns as well. Like I said, they, they, they can't defend. They're, they're kind of all over the place. They were last season. They are this season. They've not really changed an awful lot either team on or off the pitch. So we're getting kind of one of the better reads that like we then talked about, like new players coming in. Leicester haven't really changed anything yet. Like they've lost the goalkeeper. So that's possibly made them even weaker in defence. Um, and like I said, there's just not actually been an awful lot different from what we were seeing and, and betting on towards the end of last season and winning on them conceding goals um, and, and and scoring goals. So, so we've gone to say both teams to score and over two and a half goals at minus one, one, three here because it just screams them. Um, looking at the game so far this season, they do follow a really similar pattern, which is quite quite spooky, really. We've got um, Leicester start of the season with that 2-2 draw against Brentford. So they went two goals up, couldn't hold on to that couldn't even hold on to like the 2-1 so ended ended 2-2 then they went to your team of course Arsenal and um quite right two down at half time got one back conceded again got another one back conceded again ended 4-2 uh, as far as Southampton are concerned they went to the other North London club who were they called again can't remember um and they who um, shall not be named yeah. <laughs> I'm learning see and um don't and, fall and, into that trap, Jack. Come on. Uh, well, come on, look. Name man. them. Name them more. They're called Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Keep talking. Get that name tweeting. We want that name going. We want that name going. Uh, and viral. All right. Yeah, okay. viral. We, come on. Uh, we're, okay. we're a football impartial show. Forget about Harry Simmons. He's not in that. In that he's, I just want a nice, he's Arsenal, nice intro. That's all every week. He's That's not in that Arsenal down. studio with all that red and white stuff. We, we can talk about it now. Come on. Draw them Arsenal curtains behind you. Anyway, right. So on to on the same time. Yeah, they went to Spurs and they took the lead, but then conceded four goals. So they lost 4-1 um, in that first game. Then their second game was against Leeds. They conceded two, but they managed to come back. So they drew 2-2. So we've had a 4-1 and a 4-2. Two 2-2s there. Looking at last season, like we said, there's not a lot of difference between these two squads from last season to this season. The game at the King Power, where this one's obviously being held, ended 4-1 to Leicester. Goal scorers that day, James Madison, Jamie Vardy, two for Perez. They're all there. Um, James Ward-Prowse for Southampton. No one's going to be surprised by those goal scorers and wouldn't be a surprise to see them scorers on the on the score sheet again this, this um, week. The game at uh, St. Mary's, Southampton, ended 2-2. So another 2-2 to throw into the mix. Bednarek and Adams for um, Southampton. Evans and Madison again for Leicester. So it's all the familiar themes. There's four ones, there's four twos, there's two twos coming out your ears. 
Both teams to score and over two and a half goals landed in six of the last eight Leicester games, league games, and it landed in six of the last eight Southampton games as well. So the total, obviously, uh, you're looking at 12 of the last 16 where this bet has landed and it's landed both of these games last season as well. And in both the games that they've played each other this season. So it's like, again, it's my favourite bet of the week. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I think I think it's quite I think it's quite amazing that Jack has absolutely gone through all the analysis of this game, and he spoke about the two twos and the four twos, and he hasn't even mentioned the game where Leicester won nine nil. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, you, you're talking about a goal bet that you're mm. making a case for over goals, and you've made a brilliant case for over goals, and you haven't thrown in the mix where Leicester won nine nil in one of the biggest wins in the Premier League and and that and then in, in that game as well all the players that are still there at Leicester I mean mm. there's Vardy scored I think Vardy scored three in that game and, and not and much has changed has it over the last couple nothing's of years, changed but like you know the only that the, but that 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 just shows you how in this, this game has got a history of goals that you can make a really mm. really good case for it yeah. and forget or not forget but you don't don't yeah. mention a nine nil so it's uh, yeah I, I like that I did I did look at that game I looked at the over two and a half goals and I thought the over two and a half goals looked a little bit low for me because of the the price but if you throw in both teams to score as well it makes it a little bit more appeal I did exactly the same thing I looked at it and I was like yeah it let both teams score on its own over two and a half goals on its own looked a bit skinny and but I can't see either of them keeping a clean sheet so you know so the two and a half is is effectively the play here with with both of them scoring. So, um, yeah, it was a solid bet. I was even surprised to see that at minus one one three. To be fair, I thought it was a good price for what that looks like. I said seeing them on the pitch, the eye test tells you that they just can't defend. And managers seeing a little bit all over the place wouldn't be surprised if one of those two or both of them go in the next few weeks. Um, players are disinterested. Like um, has talked about being priced up and moved to Chelsea. There's like he's obviously one of their best defenders. Uh, there's this mumblings and grumblings all over the place, and it just seems seems a, a game of chaos is probably the best way I can describe it, which is great for us. Just get loads of goals. Happy days. Indeed. Uh, let's come back to Nigel for the next one: Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. Yeah, these are two sides that we I've spoken about in my in, in the in the preview of the Premier League season, I thought we'd both have very good seasons. It hasn't really started um, through either side how I thought it probably would be. But um, And and if I was like a, an early assessment of the league, I, w- I would probably be marking Aston Villa down a lot than what they should be. Um, I was very disappointed with the game at Bournemouth. And really, against Everton, it was a really poor game. They won the game, but I thought they were bang average. And then when you take into account how many injuries they got from that game, I mean, Maddie Cash is doubtful, very, very influential player, great assist, great fullback, does really, really well from an offensive position, as also from a defensive position. Coutinho come off that game injured as well. He's a doubt for this game. And then you throw into the mix that the, the central defender, Diego Carlos, is out now, what, for three months or something like that? Yeah. Big signing from Seville. They're three big players for Aston Villa to lose. Really, really big players for Aston Villa to use. The one thing that I watched in that game, and I'm, I'm going to refer to uh, one of Jack's uh, words here, the eye test. The one thing I noticed is that Aston Villa couldn't, couldn't, could not deal with corners. They couldn't, they couldn't deal with corners. Now, Crystal Palace have got a very, very big couple of central defenders. They've got a very, very big team. They're very physically quite strong. And I feel that's where they can let themselves down here. 
The other thing is Crystal Palace have obviously come on the back of a 1-1 draw against Liverpool, which has given them a huge, huge boost. Really great goal from Sahar. Eze, I've said mm-hmm. so many times how much I, I, I like him. And I I just can't see Crystal Palace losing this game. I think Steven Gerrard thinks to himself, I've got to, he has to now, he spent a lot of money in the summer, but with the, the injuries he's got and the problems he's got, he's got to spend more. He's got, he, he's got to get through and got to get some players in. So I feel Crystal Palace is a perfect time to play Aston Villa. I've got a very, very big bet on Aston Villa to finish in the top 10. I'm not really that too bothered about it now after two games, but I would like to see a better performance. But I just don't see Villa losing this game. Obviously, I was very strong on Crystal Palace in the first game of the season against Arsenal, got that wrong. But in the second half, they gave me enough confidence to think, you know what? They're okay. They were just shocked how good Arsenal was. And I think everybody was shocked how Arsenal could. Even you, Harry, you know, you hoped that they would play that well. But I think everyone was quite shocked that they actually really did put it in, put in the performance. And I think that uh, tactically, he got it absolutely spot on. I don't think we should look at Crystal Palace thinking they're that, that bad. I think they're running to a very, very good Arsenal side who stopped them playing in the first half and got it absolutely spot on. In the second half, they opened up. And really, if it wasn't for a couple of good saves from Ramsdale, they should have scored. And it was a debatable uh, decision, on, on, on which could have been a penalty on any given day. I'm not saying it was, it was a penalty. I'm not saying it wasn't. But it was, uh, it, was a, it was a decision that could have gone either way. But I think Crystal Palace win this game. Uh, um, but I'm also worried that it could be a draw. So I think the draw is a big, big factor in this because I think the Aston Villa now have got to have got to have a little bit of real be- rebuilding. They have to think to yourself, we look, we, we, you know, we, we definitely lost one of our record signings. He's out for a long time. We've got injury doubts over another, and let's just sort of steady the ship a little bit and then try to bring in a couple of players. So I want to play As- uh, Crystal Palace on the draw no bet or on Bet Rivers on the Asian handicap at- off scratch, and I want to get Crystal Palace here at minus one thirty two. So if the game ends in a draw, it's a push. You get your money back. If Crystal Palace win, it's minus 132. But I want that extra security on the draw rather than just take Crystal Palace to win it. Because I feel that both managers here, given the start they've had, and Crystal Palace has got some really, really tough games to come after this as well. Mm. I think they may just be really happy with the draw. And a lot of people criticise me for this assumption I say. Managers shouldn't be happy with a draw, but you watch football. If you watch as much football over the years that I have, there's certain games where people just after 65, 70 minutes just think, you know, let's get a draw. And I think Aston Villa, if the game is nil-nil or one-one with that injury list they have, they will maintain that draw. Uh, try to guarantee that point. And I think that's why we need that Crystal Palace and the draw on our side. That draw factor is a big point. So I'm going to go for draw no bet on the Asian handicap off zero. Crystal Palace minus 132. Very good. Very good mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, let's come back to you, Jack. Brighton versus West Ham United. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm saying I'm going with Brighton again. Nigel mentioned it earlier that they, they should have should have won at the weekend. They we have said this before. <laughs> they create a lot of chances. XGFC. The XG Kings. Yeah. Right. I, I, I absolutely can't stand. Brighton, as for a betting perspective, not for, from a football club. I think they've done is brilliant, but I just can never get a read on them, Jake. I mean, mm. if ever I take Brighton to win, they lose. If ever I take yeah. them and Wolves are the two teams <laughs> in the Premier League that I've never, ever, ever call right ever. 
Well, let's see if I can take care of the Brighton side of well, things. Well, you, you did it last week and we lost again. No, I know that was the one we lost. Yeah, so let's go. Look, let's try again. Let's try again. Okay, let's go again. This is my last time here. I'm going with Brighton. This is last time, right? Last time, all right. Noted, noted, absolutely. So they did create a lot of chances. We have got a little bit of security on this particular bet because we're going Brighton on a plus handicap here, a small plus handicap, plus 0.25 at West Ham, odds of uh, minus 115. Um, so West Ham have been looking shaky at the back. They've obviously been beaten twice. We mentioned them also earlier as far as the game against Forest is concerned. Uh, yeah, West Ham are a little bit unlucky. Uh, say Forest created some, some decent chances and obviously been paying Ben Johnson at the back. Um, today, We and again, we were talking about this earlier as far as keeping a track on signings and that time of the year when like you, you can do all your prep work and you can get everything there, but you just need to keep make sure you've got your finger on the pulse. And at the time of recording... They've today announced that they've gone and bought Kira, the, the um, German centre-half from PSG. So that will help them assume they'll probably throw him straight into the mix at the weekend. Um, and again, we're, um, they've obviously got a game ahead of the Brighton game, West Ham, uh, on Thursday night in the Europa Conference League. So I do like to take on these sides that have having to play these games on a Thursday and then obviously go into the Sunday. It's not an easy situation. They're obviously prepping for the for this game. It's early rounds, admittedly. They've got Viborg on Thursday night. They should get past it, but, you know, we, you, you never quite know. And so they haven't looked that that impressive this, this, this season so far, early stages. David Moyes is saying he needs to freshen up his squad. Well, he's obviously brought in another defender here. Um, we'll see what that does. But I said they are throwing up um, a lot of chances. And Brighton, say same old, look very good. Final third, it's just where it's lacking. Um, but say that they are creating plenty of chances. Should have won that game against Newcastle. Um, obviously got a draw. Get, get, get a draw in this one. And we have got that little safety net. The fact that we'll get a half of our stake on the win with that plus 0.25 handicap. They have seven shots on target against Newcastle. I think Nick, Nick Pope was, was man of the match for that game, wasn't it? He, I know he's been trending all week for different reasons, but he um, it, it, six pulled off seven saves. So some of it, you can say a little bit of bright and wastefulness and they should have done better. And some of it, you've got to say, ends up, you know, we ran into a keeper today that did his job and did his job above and beyond um, and, 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 and did so. They only conceded four shots against Newcastle. And I like that Newcastle side. They've got a lot especially going forward. So Maxim, obviously, we know about. We mentioned Callum Wilson before. We've got him in the, the futures as far as, uh, you know, goal scoring is concerned. And Gamarayash as well. Well, I've got them in the side. He's always going to cause them problems. But to limit them to just four shots and one on target shows that they're doing that side of the, the, the job really, really well. So this bet's about them, obviously, keeping things nice and tight. Have West Ham got the ability to, like, break them down? And also going and um, finding a way to score a goal or two at the other end. They have got a good record. They're undefeated in in ten league games against West Ham, a Brighton. So we've got that history on our side. And looking at last season, and say so we're looking to take a little bit of a read from last season into this one. And obviously, their one away game so far this season. They well, they they beat Man United, and who doesn't beat Man United these days? But they did. 2-1, two, two, could have been bigger, could have been better. Um, but last season, only the top four got more points away from home than Brighton. So I think they were a little bit under underestimated um, for what they can do away from home. And I think that their performances are probably more suited to being away where they've got the opportunity to maybe, you know, hit on the break and, and play that way a little bit more than where they have to kind of pick their way through sides and uh, and, and kind of be a, be a bit more kind of creative going forward uh, when, they're, when they're at home. So... 
They picked up 29 points away from home, so they only lost four games on the road. Um, those were to both the Manchester, Manchester clubs. One against United was there, there the player sent off. Another one was against Newcastle, one against your, your favourites, Aston Villa. So uh, kind of a bit of a mixed bag, but you know they've got some good points at some tough venues. And um, so with the fact that West Ham are playing this Thursday as well, I think this sets this one up nicely for Brighton to go and at least get a point to make sure that we take some profit from the game. But I actually do fancy them to go and to win it, Brighton. Um, but so I've played it just a little bit cautious, given um, given our history with, with Brighton and, and the West Ham have just tightened things up a little bit um, today with, with the sign of that centre-half. Brilliant. Before we go on that, Harry, I, I quite like the under two and a half goals here. Again, it's, it's mm. me and under yeah. two and a half goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think West Ham are really struggling for goals. Yeah, um, Antonio, they're so reliant on him. He, 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 and I, 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 I spoke to um, a couple of guys who are big West Ham fans, and I, the start of the season, I thought they'd be really struggled to see. I thought they'd be bottom six. Um, I think Declan Rice wants to leave. Uh, he clearly wants to go. Um, I think Manchester United may make a bid for him before the transfer window's up, whether that's what they need, but they, they need to hold him with fields. They're, they're playing Christian Eriksen in it, and he, def, he, he definitely wants to go. Um, I think they, 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 this could be a club that could completely go backwards from what they did last year. And I think all that, you know, they're buying defensive players, which they need at the moment because they've got injuries to defensive players. They've got Dawson out, but they've always been needing a striker. West Ham have desperately for a striker. And Brighton have always needed a striker. The amount of chance they score, but don't score. Mm. So I had this down as, a, as an unders. I, I thought that minus 114 was something that I, I quite liked. It didn't make my top three, but it was definitely number four in the, in the three. Not mm. an official play, but I, I do like where Jack is coming from here, getting the start with Brighton. But I do, but I do think this is going to be a very, very close game. Under two and a half goals, I like here as well at minus 114. Well, they're reliant on Gianluca Scamacca coming in and making mm-hmm. a big impact. And he's going to take um, time, isn't he? He's yeah, take absolutely. Time. I was just going to say that. I'm not sure how quickly that transition from Serie A to the Premier League is going to happen for him. And so to be reliant on him is... is and how yes. many people have you seen come from Syria who've never have done it? Pellegrini from Southampton who come in with a big history. There was a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good players who come in. There is, you know, there is, there isn't, you know, it's quite funny really to say, but I, I, Back in the nineties, there was a lot of good players who come from Syria who come into the Premier League, and they were they were they were brilliant because at the time the Syria was way way ahead of the English soccer, Zola and the likes of Ravinelli and all these. They come and they were brilliant. I don't remember many many Italian players who come to the Premier League recently that have been a fantastic success. No, it's there, true. There's a, it's and a, a lot of them game. don't it's leave either. Yeah. And it's a different game. It's a different, different game. The, the Serie A has actually uh, it's, it's gone backwards. I know it's really entertaining and goal scorers are this. But the record of someone scoring so many goals in Serie A doesn't live up in the Premier League. So I think that's a lot of expectation to put on West Ham. And he probably goes to a club where if it doesn't work after three or four weeks, he's under a bit of pressure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just squinting here just to make sure I've read this right, because I think Nigel, for a second week in a row, is is, is that Arsenal? I can see well, the, diff- the, the difference between you and I, Harry, is that I don't, I don't have any tinted spectacles. I don't have anything. The only thing that drives me on is Reddy's money. 
Right. And it's your birthday I, week, Harry. Well, you know, yeah, I've nice no, been nice to you. Well, no, no, nothing to do with it. But he's, he's, <laughs> was he 32? And it's not an important birthday. <laughs> His mates are taking him to the Witherspoons in, in Peckham tonight, so it's not really... It's not Witherspoons really my... is definitely more your scene, Nigel, yeah, than mine, I'll tell you that, mate. Do you know what? To be fair, they, they, do, they do a fantastic breakfast at a very reasonable price and a, and a half-price Stella. But anyway, that's how I've been told. But let me tell you one thing. Anyway, it was the man... Jack was the man from the Witherspoons the other day. I know he's sending the videos through. I mean, it wasn't me. Oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. I was in, I was, I was in, I was, it was in West London in South Kent. He was sending messages from Witherspoons in Norwich. Anyway, more glamorous than that, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> but um, wait, ones from Vegas. That's fine. I do. Well, well I mean, I'm in Prague Vegas. this week, so I'll send a few oh. from Prague. But uh, the the, oh. the the thing the thing is here is is that I feel this game here, like and like I say, like we're all in it to make money, and I feel that Arsenal. I wanted to watch to see how they done. You know, there's so much. The thing is with Arsenal, right? And the thing is with Tottenham and one of these lot of the clubs, like Manchester United, for example, right? The hype around them is so much. Oh, we bought these great players and these great players are going to come in and change it overnight. I've seen it so many years. Some of them do and some of them don't. And you've got to watch two or three games to actually realise if, if these players are going to make a difference or they aren't. But I think the players that Arsenal have brought in, in Chenchenko and Jesus, are quality and will make a huge difference. Because unlike we just spoke about the West Ham, they played in the Premier League. They know it. They know the system. They've played for Manchester City. They've won cups. They've won league titles. They won it. That experience for a young squad is absolutely unbelievably good. And I probably underestimated that at the beginning. I think Arsenal. I don't think they're going to win the league, Harry. I think they're definitely in with a chance of making the Champions League, and certainly they're going to be in the top six. Right? I'm not getting carried away. I'm not going to say they're going to win it, but. What they are good about is they've got experience now and they've got players who have gone to clubs like Bournemouth and are putting performances with, and know what to do. You know, this Jesus is going to be one of the main striker for the, the World Cup favourites. You know, the, Brazil, are the, the, the team that the favourites do in the World Cup, is going to be their, their main striker along with Ricarlison. So these are quality acquisitions and I feel that the, you can just see the whole club. You know, when they went behind against Leicester, they, they they never fought for one minute. They scored again straight away. That is a sign of a good season. And that's what I saw at Tottenham. I know you don't want to hear it, but when Tottenham went behind, they come nah, back nah, and they, nah, they, nah. And they showed they showed that same qualities. And that is what you got when you've got good players around. You suddenly look around and you know someone's going to put the ball in the back of the net. When you've got Eddie in, in Tekia, right, he's a good player, but really, he's not going to put the ball in the back of the net for you. But I think now that they look good and I think they can go to these clubs and they've got a system and a play and they can boss the game and what they're doing. And what they've got is a steady 11. And that is so crucial to have an 11 players that you know will play week in, week out. Obviously, Man City and Liverpool. Man City are very different to Liverpool because Liverpool do have a steady 11. Man City change and change and change and change because their squad is so big. But now everyone knows the system. Everyone knows what they're doing. And I feel that Bournemouth really, really, really overachieved against Aston Villa. Aston Villa had so much possession, but just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Bournemouth did all right. They went to the game to Aston Villa, which they they got they they, they got, got the job done. When they went to, when Man City played at the weekend, that game could have been ten. That game could they they had the chances. I mean, it literally could have been no joke. It'd have been seven nil, eight nil. It wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been disgraceful. But I feel that now. 
uh, Arsenal have got a little bit of backbone behind them. I think they've got a little bit of um, quality in every single area across the pitch. And I think they boss this game and I think they'll beat Bournemouth. To beat Bournemouth, they're no very low price, minus 250. That's all you're going to get. So you could put $250 on to win 100. Not going to make you should never really be betting teams at minus 250 to win a match in the Premier League, in my opinion, at this early stage of season, because you will get shocks. But if you do think they're going to win, like I do, I lo- I always love the minus one on the Asian handicap because if they win by one goal, you get your money back. And if they go on and kick on two, three, four, which they should, you know, they, they, they've got the capability to do, you get a much bigger enhanced price. If you look at Man City away, you look at Liverpool away, they don't usually win by one goal when they go to these clubs. They win by two, three, four. And I think that's what Arsenal got to do. And I can see goals in this side. You know, six goals in two games. Lots of different goal scorers, a, a, a centre forward who's hungry and is confident. And I think Arsenal will win this by more than one goal. So I'm going to bet Arsenal minus one goal. It was a bet that caught for us uh, at the weekend. We, we cashed last week with the Leicester game. And I think this is a much easier task than Leicester. And I'm going to go for uh, Arsenal minus one goal at minus 152. Nice one. Let's just uh, hope the boys don't let you down now. <laughs> Well, which uh, you can never it guarantee. Be the first time, it be? It no, be but the first I think there's a different that. feel about Arsenal, and you know, you know, just you know, we, I think the, the acquisitions have been good. I don't think they're going to win the title, but they're going to be in the race probably till about October. I'll take it. I think <laughs> the things last um, with Arsenal is they're now starting to consistently beat the sides that they should be, and yeah. then it's just the next stage is to try and beat those sides that are kind of more around them or at this moment in time ahead of them. So, but the likes of Bournemouth, um, they are, and, and obviously Leicester, like last week, that they, they are going and getting the job done. Um, and I said, I think that that result we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that result going to Palace, first game of the season, with all the, the hype around being it being a banana skin, I think was a good good indication of where they're at the minute, of beating those clubs that they should beat and, uh, and doing it well. So, yeah, that was probably that. a really good game for Arsenal, you know, first game of the season to go to Palace. When you think about it, you know, you, you could have been at home to Man City like you did before and got beat. And the, the whole momentum of the club to go to a club like Palace, which is notoriously very hard to win and put in that kind of performance really, really does instill some confidence that yeah. uh, for, a, for a young squad. And I think that was a perfect start for Arsenal. Um, like I say, I don't think they'll win it, but you may be able to get the passport out next year, Harry. Yep, yep, indeed, indeed. Um, let's uh, let's move on then to um, another fixture, which uh, Jack's got a pick in, but we're going to mm. get Nigel's thoughts on this one yeah. as well. It is at the bottom of the table. It is a relegation battle. It is a six-pointer, <laughs> as they call them. And it's between Liverpool and Manchester United. Yeah. Jack, tell us about it. As you expect. Well, absolutely. And uh, I, I watched the United game um, last week. And was I in disbelief? I don't think I was because you, it, it just had the makings of it. And, and certainly once that first goal went in, obviously we, we we cashed that last week with the over two and a half goals. It took about 30 seconds to land, I think, didn't it? By the time Brentford went three goals up, it was, it was, it was again, another bonkers game because obviously De Gea's thrown the first one in. Then more or less instantly after that, they've, they've gone and committed Harry Carey there. It was just absolutely crazy to see it. Then, it was all the things that Man United have been weak at over the last 12, 18 months, and maybe even more than that. The the goalkeeping error, um, the suicidal craziness at the back, 
the ball long the big ball into the box getting getting out muscled and uh, and like I said just just very poor defending there um it yeah it just it just screamed man united they just screamed that they hadn't changed at all and the look on ten hag's face was a bit like wow this is this is what i've got what what am i going to do um and, and that's how i think the players as soon as you saw that first goal went in effectively any small amount of belief in them just just left and was just on the pitch and uh, and they got well and truly bullied and when you consider that the, the week before brighton beat him 2-1 at Old Trafford and probably should have beaten him by more than that. And we've talked about Brighton's issues with scoring goals and the realistic that they should have had probably three minimum in that game, if not more. Um, it shows you where, where United are at the moment. And it'll be interesting to see if, if Martinez plays in this. It would have been very interesting to see him up against um, uh, Nunes for, for Liverpool, uh, some physicality against him. Um, obviously, who overstepped the physicality, Mark, do you uh, Last weekend, so lost we'll be, his head, didn't he? Lost his head. Welcome well, he to gave the it to someone else, didn't he? That's the trouble. Yeah, he <laughs> gave it to someone else in the in the face. But um, Nigel mentioned the minus one. Look, I, I strongly fancy. I think generally most, if you ask the Man United fan that that had any kind of um, kind of knowledge <laughs> or or non bias, shall we say, would you think they, they'll they'd, they'd pick Liverpool to win this? It's you know all the 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 high profile people that we know about the, the uh, Man United um, from Man United are, are saying, this is, this is uh, watch one behind the couch kind of situation uh, because they could get well and truly thumped. We've seen it over the last couple of seasons. So yeah, we'd want to take Liverpool to win. Um, and I like that minus one handicap as well. So yeah, that's what I'll put forward here. Liverpool minus one at minus one Oh four. Um, because they could absolutely run right um, against this United side that are shot to pieces. If there's an early goal for Liverpool, this could be anything, I think, personally. Nigel, do you want to weigh in on this one? I know you haven't got an official play on this game, but it is the biggest game of the weekend, at least on paper. I think everything that Jack said is spot on. I think everything from a a football perspective is, is spot on. But then you look at the odds you've got to take and you've got to look at the the prices that are on offer. I mean, Manchester United are plus 550 to win this at home. I, you know, that, that must be one of the biggest prices they've ever been at home ever in the Premier League against anybody. You know, probably slightly bigger against Manchester City. But Liverpool aren't playing well. I mean, this is, this is you know, I know, I know, if, if Man United have scored, say Man United have won at the weekend against Brentford, all the spotlight would be on Jurgen Klopp that they're not playing well they they were bang average against Fulham they were bang average against Crystal Palace they're clearly missing Mane he I I, I know I, I mentioned it at the start of the season I thought that if you want to bet Salah to be the top goal scorer the amount of assists that Mane and the goals that he weighs in is a huge amount to take Nunes is is suspended defensively they don't look great and I think you Sometimes in football, so many times over the years, I've seen games that just you think this will happen. And then just a one big off game like this, which is probably the biggest, is the biggest game in English football. Things change. And for Manchester United, for me, I feel it's a a blessing for them to have this game now rather than go to say, uh, I don't know, like a a Bournemouth uh, at home. I think the crowd will turn to them. The crowd will be 100% up for this game and they have to be up for this game. If the Bournemouth game will be slightly different, if a 0-0 or 
So I'm not saying that Jackie's wrong. I'm not saying that Jackie's wrong in any capacity. But I just feel that um, I'd be wary. I would I would be really wary of, of, of betting Liverpool here because however bad things look at Manchester United, which they are terrible, things aren't Liverpool aren't that good. Jurgen Klopp looks to me a man who's under a bit of pressure. He's he's blaming everybody. He, you know, he's, he's always quite petulant. He's always blaming everything, and he looks at, he looks to me under pressure. So, I I I think it's right. And if you've done a straw poll in the street, you said to people, you know, who's going to win this game? They'd say Liverpool three nil. But if you turn around and said to them, you you can get five hundred and fifty dollars for risking a hundred if Man United won it, they'd have a different opinion. That's mm. the difference. It's 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 the betting market. And I and I and I just I just feel so many times we've seen games like this where we just think it might happen. So Jack's bet it's Jack's call. You know this this go this is this is his bet. But for me, it would be a bet that I would probably be a watcher. I think there'd be goals. I think Liverpool will score. I think Manchester United will both teams will score. I think you know the line's over three and a half goals. So you're not going to get yeah. rich doing that. But I don't. I think Man United will put in the performance. I really do. I think they're putting the performance because they'll demand the performance and he can work with them. And, you know, he's only been in the job for two for, for two games. He's got big, big problems to 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 get right. And um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got to sneak. I just got to... It, it looks a potential... but it looks, it looks a banana skin for me to think that Man United can play that badly two times on the draw. And it's all about, for me, the price. And I think that um, Man United, a plus 550, does look... A, just it it, look, it looks a bet that I I just wouldn't I wouldn't get involved with. It's um to, to quote a phrase from the Nigel Seeley handbook, Man United at plus five fifty is one that I would throw just a little bit of pizza money at, just just to, to add some interest. Uh, you, you, you throw a pizza topping on it. You wouldn't actually throw a slice. You'd throw like a, <laughs> yeah, a bit a bit, a bit of I mushroom or a I bit. Of, what what is your pizza of choice, Harry? What's your pizza of choice? Uh. I'm a bit of a, I'm a meat feast kind of guy. Oh yeah, I could tell. I knew that. I knew yeah. that. I didn't, I didn't even have to say that. Jack, yeah. what what would you be on? What would you be your pizza choice? Well, this, this is going to be interesting. This conflict. You, you're you're going against the the Liverpool bet here. I'm going against um, Harry's meat feast because I'm vegan. So I'm going to have to go for a oh. vegan pizza. There you go. There you go. They, yeah. Well, that's that, ended that conversation. That's that's agree on anything here, I, I, that, that's that's ended that conversation. Yeah. I'm I, I'm a more of a farmhouse man. Bit a bit of yeah. mushroom and a ham, but uh, yeah. I throw a bit of my mushroom on them. I, but yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going pizza money. But I, I just, I just feel that everything I've seen so many, so many times over the years, where everyone just thinks the side's going to get beat, and it, it goes back to American football when the team gets beat so heavily on American football, they like get beat forty five nil or forty seven nil or something like that. The next week they put in in the shift and they and they and they. They recover. They don't. They don't. They they, ne- they never. They usually um, fail. To, the other team fails to cover the spread, and uh, I just think Man United will performance. And I just think that if Liverpool are as confident as they are, but I just feel that Man United's problems are papering up some of the cracks that we might be seeing at Liverpool. Hmm. Well, let's get Six to the last eight. By the way, Man United have lost at half time and full time in, in the last eight games they've played. So not just against Liverpool, but. Um, I just, I just, me personally, I just think because they're Man United, they're getting uh, a little bit. You see, Man United at that price. I, I understand. Totally well, when would when would you bet them? The pro- the problem is, is what is the price that you would turn and say, I'll, 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 I'll I wouldn't bet, bet them. Man 
I would if, if I give you ten to one, you wouldn't bet Man United. Well, if you're giving me ten to one, no, no, that's what I'm saying. What, 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 what is the price? And I, and I think yeah. I think the price of Man United now isn't far off the price where they actually become a bet. Mm. If they're plus five fifty, if they go up another point mm. to plus six fifty, you've got to think mm. they've got to be a bet. And and that that's my that's my that's my uh, my concern. Let us know in the comments whose uh, side are you swaying towards, Nigel's or Jack's on this one. It's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. And uh, fingers crossed, we cash the winners. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, we don't care about Liverpool. We don't care about Man United. We just want to cash those tickets at the end of the day. So that's what matters. Okay, uh, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Don't forget to leave a like on the video if you're watching us via the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribed as well. And if you're listening via the audio platforms, please do leave us a review and subscribe on whichever platform it is that you download your podcasts from. Make sure you're also following at Bet Rivers on all social media platforms. And of course, the handle that is shared by all of the brilliant handicappers across the team, which is at Because We Win for pre-match and in-play updates there. So make sure you're all on board. Uh, thank you to Jack. Thank you to Nigel. And we'll be back next week looking ahead to the next round of EPL action. Until then, take care. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.